There's a little wheel, little wheel, little wheel a turning. There's a little wheel, little wheel turning in my heart. There's a little wheel, little wheel, little wheel a turning. Cause the spirit of the Lord is in my heart. There's a little I wheel, found the little wheel. Little wheel turning, there's a little wheel. Little wheel turning in my heart. There's a little wheel. I want the world to know that the spirit of the Lord is in my heart. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I sing right out with praise. Yes, every time I feel the spirit. Moving in my heart, heart, I I sing with praise. There's a little song, little song, little song, a singing. There's a little song, little song, singing in my heart. There's a little song, little song, little song, a singing. Cause the spirit of the Lord is in my heart. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I sing right out with praise. Yes, every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I sing with praise. There's a little wheel a turning. There's a little song a singing. I can feel the spirit moving in my heart. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, 9 through 11, and chapter 4, verse 1, and verses 10 through 13. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Then Moses answered, but suppose they do not believe me or listen to me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor even now that you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who gives speech to mortals? Who makes them mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to speak. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. This is God's word to God's people. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for the fact that this is indeed holy ground where we come to learn about you, to see your face, to hear your call to us and your invitation to go serve. 
But Lord, we also recognize the fact that we, like Moses, are pretty good with our litany of buts. But, 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 are you sure you want me? Help us to be open to your calling. Help us to let go of our self-doubt and questioning. And help us to see the ways in which we are flawed yet faithful in our efforts to serve you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want to begin our sermon today with a moral tale from India. The story goes that a water bearer had two large pots, one hung on each end of a pole which he carried around his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it, while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream to the master's house. The cracked pot arrived only half full. It was a full two years that this went on daily, with the bearer delivering only one and a half full pots of water to his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of his accomplishments, perfect to the end for which it was made, but the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection and miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it was made to do. After two full years of what was perceived as bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream. I'm ashamed of myself and I want to apologize to you. The water bearer asked, why? What are you ashamed of? And the pot replied, for these past two years, I've only been able to deliver half of my load because of this crack in my side that causes water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. Because of my flaws, you don't get full value for your efforts. The water bearer felt sorry for the cracked pot. And in his compassion, he said, as we return to the master's house today, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. As they went up the hill, the old cracked pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wild flowers on the side of the road. And this cheered it somewhat. But at the end of the trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half of its load, and once again it apologized to the water bearer for its failure. The bearer said to the pot, did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I have always known about your flaw, and I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path, and every day when we walk back from the stream, you've watered them. For two years, I have been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate the master's table. Without you being just the way you are, he would not have had this beauty to grace his house. Like all moral stories, there's a moral at the end of it. Each of us has our own unique flaws. We are all cracked pots. Please know I'm not calling you a crack pot. <laughs> We are all cracked pots. In this world, nothing goes to waste. You may think, like the cracked pot, that you are inefficient or useless in certain areas of your life, but somehow, 
These flaws can turn out to be a blessing in disguise. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at biblical characters or figures from the Old Testament who have their own flaws, yet are faithful to God, despite their missteps, foibles, small and big mistakes, God uses them for the furtherment of the kingdom. As we look at these faith figures, we will explore the, who, me? You're asking me to do this? Have you seen my laundry list of issues? In each situation, and see how God worked in unexpected ways, and how that furthered our story of faith. But hopefully we won't stop there. It's not just analysis of what happened then, but it's also a time to examine what each of these scenarios looks like in our world today. Today's scripture is a perfect example of this. Now, Pastor Walt's going to preach on Moses again in a couple of weeks, but he's going to deal with the later stories of Moses. And I was like, how can we pass up this one? Because this has the perfect litany of but, 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 buts in it. And we didn't hear God's response in the scriptures that were read for us today. We just heard Moses time and again going, but, but let me give you another excuse why I can't do this. I'm the wrong person for you, God. Please don't be saying that I'm the one that's supposed to be doing this. But God answered all of those questions. You know, I'd like to believe that if I were Moses and I was standing in a holy place and I had a burning bush talking to me, that my doubt would be a little bit less. Because I wish that God talked to me as tangibly as that experience was for him. But nevertheless, he had that litany. He had those questions. And God responded to each and every one of them. When he said, but what will I say when I get there? Well, tell them that I am sent you. But what if they don't believe me? You see that staff in your hand? Throw it on the ground and it'll turn into a stick. But but I don't talk well. I've got this learning disability. I can't think quick on my feet. I'm slow to speech. I'll send your brother with you and if you need help along the way, he'll be there by your side. Oh, we got a God who responds, who equips us and empowers us and gives us what we need for that journey. As I said, I would like to believe that If I were in that place, standing on holy ground, with my shoes off, talking to a burning bush, that I would understand what God was saying to me. And all of those questions and doubts would melt away. That I would believe that what, that I, I would like to believe that I would hear God's call, understand it perfectly, and go forth and execute it, execute that calling with confidence and expedience. But I know me. I know the fears that creep in. I know the insecurities. I know my past. I know that I sit there and go, who, me? And they can lead me to a similar cycle of but, 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 but that I present to God. I was Moses, maybe not in that short-term conversation. I mean, that's two chapters of the Bible that took place in in probably 20, 30 minutes conversation. My conversation with God has gone on for years. Um, And I was the person who, when I was in youth group, and they said, so you're gonna go give the youth sermon, right? I went, 
no, that's not gonna happen. I don't talk in front of people. I turn bright red, I get nervous, I hold on and clinch for dear life. That's not gonna be me, no, 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 no. And when I knew that I was called to youth ministry and the, and the associate pastor at the time said, so when are you going to seminary? I actually laughed at her. I went, <laughs> why would I wanna be a pastor? I, no, that's not me. And I started dragging my heels and I said, until God talks to me directly, <laughs> I'm not gonna follow that calling. But a few other people started asking that question too and I went, am I missing something? And then God spoke to me in the most unlikely of places, in a movie theater, as I was watching The Legend of Bagger Vance. Have I told you guys the story before? Okay. Um, the movie came out in about 2000. Warren's like, yes, you've told me this story before, but that's okay, that's the, that's the benefit of being married to me. He gets to hear those stories a few times. The Legend of Bagger Vance came out in 2000, and it's the story of a man named Randolph, Randolph Jr. and his caddy, Bagger Vance, played by Matt Damon and Will Smith. And as a newly graduated college student, what movie wouldn't be good if Matt Damon and Will Smith were in it? Um, so I may confess that that's the reason that I went to the movie. But while I was watching the movie, a story unfolded that really impacted me in a way that I did not expect. Ranoff was a man who prior, this movie took place in the Depression era, and prior to heading off to war, he was known in his community as being a very excellent golf player, probably the best one that you could expect anywhere in the world. And then he went and served his country. And in the midst of serving his country, his, his squadron, or his, his team that he was with, lost their lives, and he was the only one that came home from his community. And he went into a hole of grief and despair and guilt about the fact that he was the only one that came back. And then his ex-girlfriend came to him and said, I need your help. My family is about to lose our property, and we're gonna sponsor this golf tournament to raise money so that we can keep it. And Juna was very doubtful about his ability to do this. And Bagger Vance came into, onto the scene to help Juna on this quest to help out his ex-girlfriend. And Bagger Vance gave Juna three lessons that were so important to Juna's life and important to our lives in general. One of them was to learn your authentic swing. Figure out who you are and do things in a way that is authentic to yourself. The second one was to see the field, to see what was going on around you, to see how who you are impacts that field and how when you use that authentic swing properly, you can do something to impact that field around you. And the last one is to come out of the shadows. And it was that line in that movie that spoke to me. At this point in the movie, Juna had kind of given up. He had, had taken a swing at his golf ball, and instead of landing on the green like he had hoped for, or even on the rough, he landed up in the for, ended up in the forest. And he was debating about whether or not to pick up his ball and to take the penalty stroke or to, to swing, and all of his past is storming in around him, and he's having all of these moments of doubt and fear and insecurity. And Bagger comes to him and says, 
It's time to step out of the shadows. And at that moment, I knew that God was saying to me, Rachel, you're hiding in the shadows. Step out of the shadows, accept my call, and go and serve. I would love to tell you that immediately I picked up my books and went off to seminary. But, 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 but. I had a long line of buts to deal with. But thankfully, God keeps answering those buts and giving us the opportunity to say yes to him. And for that, I am so thankful. If we think about the scripture and we think about my story of calling, we can see how we are thankful that God is patient, that God answers our questions and hears our insecurities. But more importantly, we're thankful that God equips the called and not calls the equipped. I know that I've said that to you guys before, but I think that that's so important for us to remember. We don't have to be everything or know everything or to have it all figured out. God gives us what we need. God equips us for the journey and the task that he places before us. We can second guess ourselves and doubt what God is doing. We can focus on those cracks in our vessel rather than seeing the ways in which God uses these flaws to bring about beauty. This sermon series over the course of this summer is to celebrate what God does through our cracks with our brokenness and maybe even in spite of our cracks and our flaws. But let's be clear and honest with one another. We can own our flaws recognize them, study them, reflect on them, and pray about them. But it is our faithfulness, our desire to match our will with the will of God that is, important, is the important part of this series. Yes, we are flawed and have flaws, or at least I do. I, I will own it. I won't say that you have flaws. You can reflect on that for yourself. But it is my faithfulness our faithfulness that God uses to transform the broken pieces of our lives and the world. I hope that you will take this journey with us, the journey of biblical stories and biblical heritage, but also a journey of self-discovery, a journey about learning from our ancestors of faith and recognizing time and again that their story is our story. Join us on a journey of owning the truth that we are flawed yet faithful. You heard me say that God equips the called. One of the ways that he does this is in this sacred meal that we get to participate in today. We are nourished on the journey. God says, I want to feed you. I want to be with you. I want to offer you grace. So even with all of your flaws and imperfections, your faithfulness will be honored and taken care of, and we will experience my kingdom here on earth. Amen?